thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. Yeah. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not trying to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. Welcome. We're so glad to have you with us today. Come on in. We are having a good time around the Word. Yes. And you know what? The Word gives us the best life. My, my, my. Yes. I love the Word. I know you love the Word. That's why you're joining us today. And we love it because we're learning to be better doers yes. of the Word. In previous episodes, I, I think just right before these episodes that we're teaching now, um, the previous set, the previous series rather, I was talking about putting the word first place. When we talk about putting the word first place, we're not just talking about reading the word first thing in the morning. It, it can include that, but putting the word first place means putting the word first in your doing. Right. In your response yes. of how you face situations, you go to the word first and you say, what does the word say about That's this? Right. Yes. That's yes. called putting the word first because if we're not careful, we can think just reading the word first thing in the, in the morning mm -hmm. means us putting the word first. Well, we're not putting the word first until we put that word in our daily actions. Yes. 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 Amen. Yes. So what does putting the word first mean? Being a doer? being a doer of the word, not just reading it, not just taking notes on it, but living it. That's called putting the word first. When we say, when we say this, when we're faced with something, we say, what does the word say about this? I'm going to respond in line with what the word says, not respond in line with my, my feelings because my feelings can feel a lot. I'm not going to respond in line with my emotions and I'm certainly not going to respond in line with how others respond. How would they face it? It's not that. What does God expect of me? What does the word expect of me? That's called putting the word first. Amen. So we want to receive the answers to what we're believing for, then we're going to have to put the word first. Right. Amen. Amen. We're going to have to respond in line with the word. Not only that, think in line with the word. Yes. If we are letting our thoughts touch into wrong thinking, we're not putting the word first Amen. in our That's thought right. life. That's right. We have to put the word first in our thought life, in our words, mm -hmm. and in our actions. Yes. Amen. Three places. Thoughts. Yes words, actions, and they only work when the word is first in the heart. Yes. Amen. Amen. So we were talking on the previous episode about when we are believing God, releasing our faith for a need to be met. Go back and watch a previous ep episode to learn what receiving means. Because yes. receiving is not, is not the same as manifestation. Mark eleven twenty four. what things ever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive 
them and you shall have them or they shall manifest. Receiving is a spiritual act that you do from your spirit. And uh, so we spent some time talking about that. Go back and watch that if you missed that. But we want to go further today because we're talking about once we perform the act of receiving, how do you perform the act of receiving? You say, I believe I receive. I believe I receive my healing. I believe I receive the job. I believe I receive this need met. You have to speak to perform the, the act of receiving. And when I say, you know, when I say you have to speak to perform the act of receiving, I've had people to ask me, Pastor Nancy, there's something wrong with me vocally that I can't make sounds of speech. Say it inside you. It's what you, it's what from your heart you agree with. That's where it matters. What are you saying to yourself? You know, the word talks about in James that a double-minded man won't receive anything from the Lord. Well, what does that mean? If you say one thing confessing the word, but then you go home and you say something different to your spouse. See, that's double-minded. But also what's double-minded is when you say one confession of faith, but in your thought life, you're thinking something different. That's double-minded. Sometimes we've learned to say the right words, but we haven't learned to think the right thoughts. What are the right thoughts? Thoughts of the word. Amen. Amen. Thoughts of the word. The faith of God resides in your heart, in your spirit. The faith of God does not reside in your mind. Yet the mind is to be renewed to take on the thoughts of the word and be in agreement with the faith that's in your heart. So um, we're talking about that when we perform the act of receiving, there can be a period of time, whether it's long or short, before it manifests in this realm. Um, We can do something to either slow down that manifestation process or we can speed it up. Because sometimes we think we're waiting on God and He's waiting on us to come into agreement with His Word. So this is what we're talking about, how to speed up the manifestation. Because I don't know about you, I'm not trying to learn how to delay it. (laughs) I want to learn how to speed it up. Amen. Uh, But, and we were saying in a previous, the previous episode, just by the nature of the needs, sometimes time is involved. Sometimes. Uh, But not in every situation does there have to be time involved. It can happen quicker or slower. So we want to become skillful with our faith so that we cooperate with God to such a way that we don't delay or hinder the flow of his power. Amen. 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 So let's go to Romans chapter four, Romans chapter four. And I'm going to start in verse 20. We're going to look at Abraham, something of Abraham's faith, not this whole passage because the whole passage, there's so much to learn. And if I read the whole thing, you know, what's going to happen. I'm going to get sidetracked and I'm going to start teaching on the fur. I'm going to start teaching all different directions. So I'm going to, I'm going to put restraint on myself and I'm not going to do the whole passage. I'm going to start in verse 20. But it's speaking of Abraham because God used him as an example of how faith sounds, what faith does. And he's called the father of our faith, right? 
So let's go to his example of faith. So Romans chapter four, verse 20, it says that Abraham staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. Now, let's say this. Let's say you're walking from the store, a grocery store to your home. Let's say it's in close enough proximity you could walk. If you walked there without carrying anything to the store, you might've walked a little faster, but if your arms are loaded down with purchases you've made, you may, it may slow your steps some, right? Yes. Notice here, he said, Abraham staggered not at the promise of God. When we stagger, we can say this, he didn't delay toward the promise of God. He did not get in the way. He didn't stagger. If we stagger in our faith, we're slowing down. Amen. How quickly that, that answer can manifest. Uh, Abraham didn't slow down God's power. He didn't hinder it from flowing. He didn't get in the way of that manifestation. He staggered not at the promise of God. What, when it says he, that means his heart. Nothing in his heart was compromised toward what God would do for him. Um, he didn't stagger. He didn't slow down and get in the way of the, of the process or the flow of God, God's power working. He staggered not at the promise of God. Look at this, through unbelief. So if we have if we allow any unbelief in, what does that do? That delays the manifestation, delays it. And it causes our faith to stagger. If we're walking a long distance carrying those heavy groceries, we might have to pause a minute and get a breath, put them down for a second, let our arms rest, pick it back up. Why? Because we're staggering. There's no, there's pause, there's hesitation. What's that mean? Delay at arrival, yes. Yes. right? Prolonging how long it's going to take us to arrive. Uh, it's not that it takes God long. We've got to get everything that would delay, get in the way, hinder the power of God. We've got to get it out of the way. You say, well, I'm waiting for God to get out of the way. No, he didn't put it in the way. The one who put it in the way got to get it out of the way. <laughs> Amen. So Abraham staggered not at the promise of God. He didn't delay things at the promise of God through unbelief because unbelief delays answers. But he was strong in faith. So how do you not stagger? You be strong in faith. Mm -hmm. How do you not open the door to unbelief? Be strong in faith. And then he told us how Abraham was strong in faith. Number one, he gave glory to God. Mm -hmm. If you, once you release your faith, Once you perform the act of receiving your need met, the way to stay strong in faith until that answer manifests is for you to give glory to God. That accelerates your manifestation. To not give glory to God is hindering the manifestation, slowing down when that will manifest. Giving glory to God speeds things up. So once we've released our faith, what are we to do until it manifests? Father, I thank you. I thank you that your power is working. My answer is moving toward me. It shall manifest in this realm because I've already performed the act of receiving. It can't help but manifest. Amen. And praising God, giving glory to God, giving thanks to God 
it opens the flow. It clears the pipeline, so to speak. So there's no debris of unbelief and they're slowing down the flow of his power. So you say, glory to God. Father, I thank you that it's working. I praise you that it's working. Now, not only is that um, going to help accelerate your manifestation, it's going to help hold you in the flow of faith and out of doubt because it holds your focus on God and not on your need. You get your attention fixed on your need, you will slow down your manifestation. Our attention has to be fixed on God and Him working. His power moving. That will speed up that manifestation. So Abraham was strong in faith and then it tells us what strong faith does. Number one, it gives glory to God. How many of you know no one can praise God in your behalf? You have to do your own praising. Your spouse can't praise for you. Your family can't praise for you. Your pastor can't praise for you. You have to do your own praising. So be, be strong in faith, number one, by giving glory to God. Look at verse 21. And so this is also connected. How are we going to be strong in faith? Being fully persuaded not partially persuaded, fully persuaded. What are we to be fully persuaded about? The next phrase tells us that what God had promised, God was able also to perform. What are we fully persuaded about? God will bring it to pass. God will bring it to pass. I want to read out of the Amplified Classic Translation Verse 21, fully satisfied and assured that God was able and mighty to keep his word and to do what he had promised. What's this mean? Strong faith is not you trying to manifest something with your faith. Strong faith is believing God will bring it to pass. Strong faith is believing that God is the one who performs this answer. I don't perform the answer. God performs it. That's what strong faith believes. God will bring it to pass. I don't have to run symptoms out. It's not my job to get rid of pain. It's my job to receive the healing power. And that power flowing is God working and that power and God will drive out that pain, drive out those symptoms, drive out that disease. I don't have to get rid of it. God does it. Strong faith stays out of God's part. Strong faith does not try to help God do what only God is equipped to do. Remember what Jesus said, my father in me, he does the works. Now, Jesus had to cooperate with the Father in him that did the works. We have to cooperate. What's that mean? Man has a part. God has a part. We need to focus on our part. Just pay attention to our part. Do our part and know this. God will do his part. Strong faith is knowing this and being fully persuaded. God will do his part. God is not the variable I am. In the sense of, It's the human side Mm -hmm. that people vary and miss. God's side is perfect. We don't need to coach him. 
We don't need to tell them who to use. We don't need to tell them when to have it done. We don't need to tell them how to do it. He does not need the coaching of the clay. The potter does not need the clay to tell the potter how to shape it, right? Um, so that means we need to stay out of God's part. Strong faith stays out of God's part and stays just doing its own part. What is our part? All we have to do is believe you receive, believe you receive and give glory to God. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Father. You're working. You are working. I am fully persuaded that you are working. I don't lay in bed in doubt. I'm not sure that it's going to come to pass. Mm -mm. That's, That's not being fully persuaded. That's right. The best way to be fully persuaded is to be full of the word. Be full of the Holy Ghost. Can I say this? Be full of thanksgiving. Be full of praise. The word tells us his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Why? Praise is an act of faith. How is praise an act of faith? Because you're worshiping something unseen. Someone unseen to you. Faith is only dealing with the invisible. Mm -hmm. Faith is not dealing with anything that's manifested. Once it's manifested, faith is no longer called for. Faith only deals with the invisible, only deals with the unseen. And when you're praising, you're worshiping the unseen one. It's an act of faith. It's one of the highest acts of faith. So his praise shall continually be in my mouth. What's that mean? I'm continually releasing faith as I praise. I'm continually releasing faith. That praise is a release of my faith. It's a release of my faith. And that's my only job. That's my part to release faith. It's his part to perform what I'm believing. Amen. So faith stays out of God's part. Faith believes he brings it to pass. Faith is not you trying to perform your answer. Perform your miracle. If you could have, you would have. But you can't. He's the performer. And he performs it by his spirit. Strong faith is you believing that God is the one who is working. Since you believe he's the one that's working, you know what you do? You rest in faith knowing he's doing it. He's working right now. And you say, well, I hadn't shown up. It doesn't matter. He's working right now. When does he go to work? The moment you release faith, he goes to work. Amen. How can we speed up our manifestation of what he's working on? I thank you, Father. I give you glory. You are so, you are, you're working on it right now. Your work and you are able to perform it fully. Thank you for it. See how that removes all the struggle? Strong faith has quit struggling. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now we know this. The word tells us faith without works or corresponding actions is dead. So when we say we're in faith and we're believing that God is performing, that doesn't mean we're inactive. Because faith has to be moving. Faith is a living thing. Faith is not dead. What's dead mean? No movement. No movement. If you see an animal on the side of the road that has been hit maybe by a car and it's dead, it's laying there dead, it doesn't mean it's, it quit existing. You can see it. It's still there. It doesn't mean it disappeared. 
Dead faith is not faith that has disappeared. Dead faith is a faith that's present, but no movement. It's not moving. Faith without works is dead. Faith without corresponding actions has no movement. Therefore, it's producing nothing. That animal that has died is not producing a thing. We don't want to have a faith that's not producing. That's right. That's right. Amen. So faith doesn't mean it's lack of, there's a lack of movement. Faith is always, it's a living thing. It's moving. Well, Pastor Nancy, how does my faith move? His praise shall continually be in my mouth. That's one way faith moves. Another way faith moves is it testifies. God's working on my situation right now. When a family member at the dinner table says, how long is it going to take before the money comes? God's working on it right now. Let's stay out of God's part. The how long? When? Who's he going to use? How's he going to do it? All those questions mean you just touched into God's part. Stay out of God's part. That's what we have to learn, right? Stay out of God's part. And so we testify. What is a living faith saying? God's working on it. God, I'm fully persuaded. God's working on it right now. It has, I don't have to see him working on it to know he's working on it. Why? Because he told me that when I release my faith, it'll manifest. Amen. And the manifestation is his job. My job is the believing. Amen. My job is the believing. I love something that brother Jesse Duplantis, I've heard him say on several occasions. I love it. He said that God said to him, I didn't ask you to pay for anything. I asked you to believe for it. (laughs) What's that mean? God's not asking us to perform the miracle. He's asking us to believe that he performs the miracle. Saying the exact same thing. God's not asking you to get rid of pain. God's not asking you to get rid of disease. He's asking you to believe that he performs that. That's strong faith. That's what strong faith does. And the more we are releasing strong faith, strong faith does two things that we've talked about in this passage. What is that? It gives glory to God and it's fully persuaded that God is performing it. Now, to be, when you're full fully persuaded, you're full of that. When you're full of something, it can't help but spill out. Somebody's going to know what you're believing. It's going to spill out. Amen. Talk freely to not just to anybody, but to the family, those who are believing with you say, God's working on it right now. That's right, mom. God's working on it. That's right. My husband, God's working on it. Y'all need to, we need to encourage our faith in one another by by letting that fullness of what we are persuaded of to flow out and encourage someone else who's walking this faith life with us. Amen. We don't confess the word to try to make it true. The word is true. We confess it because it is true. Now, see, there's a difference because some people confess it, confess the word trying to push that manifestation into happen, trying to make it true. Uh, it, we don't confess it to make it true. We confess it because it is true. Now there's a difference because one is a labor of mentally trying to make something happen. And if I say it enough, I obligate God. <laughs> He's already obligated to his word. You don't have to try to obligate him to anything. Amen. Amen. 
So don't think that if I say it more, I earn it more. No, we say it because it's already true. God's working. When I release my faith, it's true that he's working. Amen. He said he supplies all my needs. That means he's supplying them right now. That's why I confess it because it is true. Amen. Yet the more we confess it, the more real it becomes to us. Amen. 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 So we want to keep confessing it. And I would say this, even if it doesn't seem like it's real to you or true to you, start confessing it. But know that as you confess it, it's not moving God, it's moving you. (laughs) It's moving you into a higher place of believing. That's right. And, um, and it helps you to rest knowing that he's working on it. I said that he's working on it. Faith without corresponding actions is dead. We're always looking for a way to release our faith. Always looking for the opportunity to release our faith and act in line. You know, if you're believing God for a house that a new home, then, uh, Start cleaning up the old one. Get it ready to sell. Right? That's an act of faith. Because you know, my new house is right around the corner. It's coming. It's almost here. Then treat your old one like it's on the way out. And that means you're going to take care of it. You're going to get it ready to sell. What about your car? I'm believing God for a new car. Well, then don't complain about the one you've got because you can't receive something better complaining about what you already have. See, these are all things we have to pay attention to. Clean up the old car. Get it in good condition. Amen. You might want to keep the old car. You might not even be selling it. So I don't say sell it to uh, clean it up to sell it. Uh, Clean it up to to show honor to God that you honor what he's already blessed you with. Amen. Faith. There's so many ways we can act that don't cost us anything. I'm talking about financially because people will say, you know, I don't have the money to do that. You have the money. Uh, You have the money to act in some way because not every way calls for money. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We want to keep our our faith an active living thing. Amen. Cooperating with God, moving with God. And I want you to tell, I want you to know one of the best ways you can act and don't cost you a cent. Praise God. He's working. Praising God, worshiping God that he's working right now. Even though you don't have to see it, that he's working, you believe it. Why? Because you released your faith. Well, you don't want to miss next time. We're not finished yet, but we're going to go further. And so uh, we look forward to seeing you next time. And until then, remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. In Nancy Dufresne's classic book, The Greatness of God's Power, she teaches how God wants us to know His power that is in our direction. It belongs to us. We cannot live the life God authored for us without His power. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. 
This is Pastor Nancy Dufresne inviting you to join us in Murrieta, California at World Harvest Church for our annual Holy Ghost meetings. The dates are January the 5th through the 10th. We're inviting everyone to go to our website at DufresneMinistries.org and register. We look forward to seeing you there. God bless you. On this CD, Confessions of Healing, Nancy Dufresne begins to lead in confessions for healing from the scriptures, allowing time for the listener to repeat them after her. If you or someone you know is in need of healing, this CD will be a blessing to you. Order today at DufresneMinistries.org. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.